Well, then, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Damien Karras. And I'm the devil. Now kindly undo these straps. If you're the devil, why not make the straps disappear? That's much too vulgar display of power, Karras. What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rockstrex10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels, or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. Okay, it is now time for part 7 of 8 in our top 80 albums countdown of the year 1973. I promised you a handful of big shows. Hope I'm delivering on your end. For me personally, I'm, I'm loving it. And let's just get back into the show. Breaking into the top 20 right here with a big one. The second of this band's entries onto this countdown. And the better of their two for 1973, in my opinion, is Electric Light Orchestra coming at number 20 with their third album called On the Third Day. Came out November of 73, of course, once again, produced by Jeff Lynn. Every one of the ELO albums will be produced by Jeff Lynn, but I will keep saying that as these countdowns go on. Uh, it's a slow build to like becoming one of the bigger bands in the world, but I like the growth that they've had. Just listening to these albums in order, they get a little better on each album, in my opinion. So they're really starting to go somewhere here, especially with their third album. Obviously, you could see the jump in ELO 2 versus On the Third Day. You know, the, the vast majority of this album is widely ignored, you know, on radio and even in their concerts. There's only two songs that they still manage to play to this day. They were the two singles released off of this record, one of them being The Great Showdown. And I was actually going to play that to represent the album, but uh, depending on where you live, it's not an overall representation of the record because... That song was a single only in the UK and did not come out in the original release on this record. So us in the States, we definitely got the better version of this record by having Showdown included on it. But at least both countries got this bad boy right here. You got to turn it up. This is Ma 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 Bell.
Oh, man. I'm so glad we had such a superstar producer at the helm of this record, like a Jeff Lynn, to lay down one of the most perfect recorded guitar tones ever. You gotta admit, that's one of the great sounding guitar tracks ever. And just for that extra, extra cool factor, playing alongside Jeff Lynn on guitar on that master riff is Mark Bolin returning to the countdown here. We heard him earlier, of course, with T-Rex, and now we're hearing him again on the countdown, playing alongside Jeff right there on that great freaking track, Ma 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 Bell. Man. Okay, good night, everybody. No, hey, let's keep with the great guitar music for sure. And depending on what circles you hung around in during the 70s, or depending on what kind of music collection you have for yourself, you may be surprised by this entry, but you would be dead wrong and assuming that this isn't one of the greatest bands of all time. Coming in at number 19 here, very strong outing, possibly the best album right here, by the Isley Brothers. This album, 3 Plus 3, came out on August 7th of 73, self-produced by a handful of the Isley Brothers. And like I said, guitar rock man, Ernie Isley, a massively underappreciated guitar player, This is such a cool record, and if it's in the tops of my countdown, of course, I highly recommend you get the whole thing here. Also, For My Money contains one of the greatest cover songs of all time. If you've never heard their version of Summer Breeze, whew, man, in my opinion, it blows away the original. I mean, the original's great and everything, but you gotta hear their version of Summer Breeze. Oh my god. Most of the things they covered, they made better. That's just a fact of musical life. But yeah, I know you've probably heard this song before, but definitely take extra note on just how much of a fucking rock star Ernie Isley is here on the guitar. This is a cool song anyway, and it doesn't even need the guitar solo, but the guitar solo is just an extra five layers of icing on this cake. So here you go. Here's the Isley Brothers with That Lady.
Number 19 belongs to the Isley Brothers and their album 3 Plus 3. Man, and I'm sure I've mentioned this on the show before, but I believe if I have this right, the Isley Brothers are the only band in history to have a number one single in five consecutive decades. And that will never be done again. If I believe it's five consecutive, if I have that right. And uh, yeah, Isley Brothers, one of the great bands of all time. That might be their best album ever. We'll see what happens down the road here. But man, they're hitting their stride right now, as a lot of artists are. And this one right here as well. And I was going to say, like, 3 Plus 3 is probably the second best soul album of the whole year of 1973. And it's side by side here with what may be the best soul album of all of 1973. At this point, they're so close here on my countdown. I don't know if I could really decide and say it's like, yes, for sure, this is the best out of these two. I'm going to say it's a tie at this point, honestly. But coming in here on my countdown at number 18 is a classic record by Stevie Wonder. His album right here, Inner Visions, came out on August 3rd of 73. The album itself is almost more famous for what happened right after the release, about a week after it came out. Stevie almost died in a car crash and was in a coma for quite a bit. Uh, But he made it out from the other side, and thankfully he did. Gave us some more great music down the road. And I'd say Talking Book from last year is the start of truly Stevie's classic period. A lot of people say it starts with this one, but I gotta say it starts with Talking Book. But I think this album is better than Talking Book. It's just got so much going for it. It's like definitely as of this episode, we're getting to the point where I'm like really having a hard time picking the song to play to represent this album. This one might be the hardest out of any of them (laughs) so far for sure. I've gone back and forth. I have taken this on and off and I've taken this other song on and off. It's such a tie for first as far as like my favorite song on this record. I'm going to say as a handshake to the average rock fan, I'm going to go with this song. Man, I really wanted to play Living for the City because that's another one of my favorite Stevie Wonder songs of all time. But let's go a little obvious here and play what is arguably the most famous song off of this record. Actually, probably not even arguably once I'm looking up and down this list. There's a lot of classic Stevie stuff on here, but... This one is definitely the biggest song on the record, but let's just go ahead and play it. But once again, go track down this whole record, put the headphones on and really get into inner visions. It is great. Uh, But in the meantime, here is Stevie Wonder with Higher Ground. Your people 
I go back and listen to this episode and yes i do listen to pretty much all of my episodes not not because i'm an egomaniac or anything but it's for quality control yeah that's it but yeah i'm probably gonna be like you idiot you should have played living for the city uh but yes higher ground is also great it always puts me in a good mood it's one of stevie's best songs ever but yeah it's that was a really super hard decision i actually based that decision of what song to play off of the latest song that i caught on one of the music channels on pluto because they constantly show and i'm glad they do they constantly show his performances from like i think it's music laden or whatever where he's promoting this record and the band's just on fire it sounds so good and that that appearance is so good they've even remastered it over the years in 4k or something so to see like this tv appearance like turn into something so heralded and they've actually preserved it really well i'm glad they did you got to go track it down Hit me up if you need more info than that. But yes, that was Higher Ground from Inner Visions by Stevie Wonder, number 18 here on this countdown. And coming in at number 17 is a band that did really well on the previous year's countdown. One of the greatest power pop bands of all time, the Raspberries. And their third album here, lazily enough, called Side 3. And this album, it's it's a near-perfect album. I think there's like one song that's just kind of okay. But the whole record is just power pop perfection and when i when i got a best of raspberries like over 20 years ago i just wore it out and a good amount of these songs were on that best of so this album already had a lot going for it before i ever gave it a proper listen about a decade ago and it's always a joy to get into these raspberries records they're just so damn good Uh, stuff like i'm a rocker 
and ecstasy. I mean, God, you, you hear where some of my heroes get their ideas from as a band like this. Paul Stanley admittedly ripped off a lot of stuff from the Raspberries over the years. And, and speaking of which, uh, the first time I ever heard this song, for sure, as I'm sure a lot of people heard this song the first time, was when Motley Crue covered it, which wound up not even making it on Too Fast for Love. But it totally should have. For my money, it should have been on the record. So yeah, turn it up for the original version of Tonight. One, two, three, four!
So great right there. That was the Raspberries with Tonight off of their third album, Side 3, number 17 here on the countdown. As we move on from just plug in and play to a handful of just studio triumphs, like a lot of experimentation going on on these next two releases. So both types of rock and roll just really thriving here at this point in the 70s. And you'd hear it on this album right here for sure. Number 16, and The Who with Quadrophenia, their sixth album. Seems like they would have more proper studio albums by 1973, but they had so many singles and so many comps out by this point. But yes, this is another double album, of course. Quadrophenia also became a movie later on as well. So it's one of their huge rock operas. And much like Tommy, to really appreciate the full album, you do have to set aside the time to get into this. You have to set aside like almost an hour and a half to really get through the whole story and everything. But thankfully, Pete Townsend's no dummy. I mean, he writes songs that definitely stand up on their own, away from albums such as this and the conceptual nature of it all. So there's some all-time great songs by The Who on this record. Of course, the big epic closer, Love Rain Over Me, which I definitely thought about playing to represent this album. But much like I did with the Stevie Wonder album, let's go with a slightly shorter song, but equally great as well. So how can I not play this one? We're kind of in rock mode right now, or at least I am. So it's time to turn it up once again for The Real Me.
Album number 16 here in our top 80 albums of 1973 countdown belongs to The Who, one of the all-time great bands, and one of their most notable studio releases right there, Quadrophenia. Go check it out if you never had. My old man wasn't that cool. He was pretty much a dork, actually, and I don't believe he had any Who records. So I'm going to say as a child of the 80s, the first time I heard that song legit was definitely the Wasp cover. So obviously another reason why I like that song so much. But even the original version rules, man. I mean, just you also get to kind of get an extra, extra appreciation of just how good the entire band is. A very, very strong song for the rhythm section right there. Ant Whistle and Keith Moon just throwing it down. Everybody's great in that band. It's just definitely one of the greatest bands ever, for sure, top to bottom. All right, keeping with the studio wizardry here for album number 15. And this was one of those albums that I never heard ever until about 10 years ago. One of my former co-workers, Steve, really great guy, cool guy. I've talked about him on the show before. He put this album in my hands. He actually gave me one of his copies of this album on vinyl and was like, you need to hear this album, Joey. And when Steve says something like that, I take it very seriously. I take those things massively seriously. Even if it was just a CD, he's like, you should hear this. I always be like, make a point to listen to it. And he's always right. And this is one of those albums I will forever associate with him because he was definitely adamant, like, hey, this is one of my favorite albums. Let me know what you think, kind of thing. He was very intrigued and interested in what I thought of it. And it is great, man. It's one of the true great studio experimentations of all time. And there's catchy stuff on it, too. It's just, it's really all over the place. But this guy, people that have heard records like this from this guy, you understand why there's a, a cult following and people that are like, no, he should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because they've heard these albums. And that's why Todd Rundgren deserves a good amount of praise. And this album that he put out in 73 called A Wizard, A True Star. And it just hits 50th anniversary, as obviously all these albums hit their 50th anniversary this year. But at least they made a big deal out of this record, and rightfully so. Had a really killer release that it definitely deserved for Record Store Day. A nice reissue with the whole original die cut thing. Just tremendous packaging onto itself. But the music is just as cool as this awesome original packaging. Cause, and you know, just reading about this, he was like, we kind of made some of this up as we went along. Like he had an idea for a good amount of these songs. But the idea was to really build this custom studio and board and make this record. And apparently what he had in mind originally did not turn out this way at all. But they were like, we just kept doing it. We just kept recording stuff. And this is one of those albums where it's just a happy accident. But it's a studio triumph. And a lot of the bands that have been out in the last couple of decades, a lot of the hipster bands, they are constantly chasing records like this. They want to sound like this. I feel like this one and like Bowie's Low and a handful of other records, uh, Talking Heads, Remain in Light, those are the records they kind of lean on. And they'd probably just listen to them over and over again. Like, how can we sound as cool as this? It's just, there's no way to possibly get to that point. It just has to be inside of you. So... Todd Rundgren's definitely an example of just do your thing and maybe something cool will happen. <laughs> and it happened on this record here, A Wizard, A True Star. There's like no hit singles on this. I don't even think that he chose to release a single off of this. 
The most accessible thing on there is a kind of an old R&B hits medley that he put towards the end of the record. And I, I played that on the show like years ago during my medleys episode. So if anybody remembers that, thank you. But this one right here, I'm going to go with this because I feel like it's long enough because there's short fucking songs on this. There's like minute long songs. This is one of the longest songs on the record at, at, at about five minutes and change. But I think it represents the album best if you're going to just pull a track and play it on its own. But once again, you really need to listen to the whole thing. But until you do, here's a track from Todd Rundgren's A Wizard, A True Star. This is Zen Archer.
Zen Archer right there by Todd Rundgren from the album A Wizard, A True Star. Cool stuff right there, in my opinion. Go check out that whole record once again. I know it's going to be redundant. I'm going to say it over and over and over again, even for the next episode and a half. But check out all these records. They are tremendous, classic all-timers. And Todd will actually return to the show as a producer just after this next album right here. Number 14 on the countdown is the debut album from this band right here. They didn't last too long, but they were very influential in the short time that they had as a band together. Talking about this band right here, Montrose, they put out their self-titled debut album here on October 17th, 1973. And even though Ronnie Montrose had played on some big records before that as a session guy, this was like his new band, his band that was his, and... Uh, he actually introduced the world to Sammy Hagar on this record. Sammy just in the lead vocalist slot here on this record because when you when you got M- Ronnie Montrose in your band, you really don't need to play guitar in the studio. I think that happened to him again a little bit later on in his career. Uh, but yes, man, this album smokes. There's a reason why almost every hard rock and heavy metal band that came after this record will say, man, that album was a big influence on me. This album is just great. It rules. It should be in every car. (laughs) Anybody who was remotely cool in the 70s had this tape and was playing it in their car on the reg, for sure. I I have to think that that's the case. I don't know if it was a slow build or not, but I'm just, you know, looking at the track listing once again, I'm like, man, this is just a all-time classic. Rock candy, bad motor scooter, that kind of stuff. Fun cover of Good Rockin' Tonight. You got one of the great album openers and rock the nation i'm still not playing any of these songs on this episode what am i gonna play and also i gotta mention this because the bass player for montrose here at the time a guy named bill church is the father of longtime countdown stalwart here when i do these newer episodes the ones from the 2020s is the father of trevor church who's the main guy in haunt so being on the rock strikes 10 rock and rank countdown here is legacy now for the churches so yeah just another cool thing this album has going for it but yes if you're any kind of rock fan and you don't have this record i am going to pull your card until you show me a receipt so here you go from montrose this is montrose with space station number five
Oh, oof. man, that's just ridiculously good right there. The self-titled album from Montrose. How is that only number 14? Who fucking ranked this shit? No, but yeah, I know, right? Yeah, that was Montrose with Space Station number five. Man, oh man, oh man. Okay, so what have we got in front of that? We got this one right here, another debut. And yes, this is the album I mentioned. This was produced by the great Todd Rundgren. The debut album by the New York Dolls. This album came out on July 27th of 73. Any of the critics or anybody that thinks the dolls are overrated and it's just an image and all that stuff and, and, and an attitude and a state of mind. And it's all those things for sure. But they had the spirit of rock and roll flowing through them. And it's just, it's a spirit that could hardly be contained. I I think that even Rungrum was probably like, I don't know how to produce these guys, but I just go in there and hit record and hope for the best, I guess. I'm assuming that's what happened when they recorded this, because I guess the production could stand to be a little bit better, but it's still a cool, raw album. One of the building blocks of what would be popular punk rock and roll later on. But yeah, I mean, you got to have this record. It's another must-own and there's so many songs I could have played. I Actually, if you go all the way back to the first episode where I tracked the perfect debut album, I had Trash as the greatest track six of all time, and I still stand by that. There's, man, you got Personality Crisis. Have you ever heard Frankenstein, man? That thing is wild. Uh, so many great songs. That cover of Bo Diddley's Pills is great. Just looking through this album here. It's, it's, it's a classic. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with one of my favorite, favorite closers of all time. I don't even, I don't know if it works that great as a closer. It doesn't sound like a closer, but it's definitely one of the first songs you think of if you know anything about the dolls. But I'm playing it here on the show because it is one of the great classics of all time. And I don't think I've ever played it here on the show. So let's write that wrong right now with Jet Boy. <laughs> Jet 
number 13 slot on our countdown belongs to the new york dolls and their self-titled album right there that was jet boy hope you enjoyed that that's never any kind of arm twisting to get me to play the dolls on the show for sure much like this next artist right here coming in at number 12 and here's where i might get a little bit of intrigue from people who know me really well like longtime friends of the show and longtime friends of mine number 12 belongs to Alice Cooper with the original Alice Cooper group appearing on a record together in, in full at least yeah Muscle of Love yeah it came out in November of 1973 not produced by Bob Ezrin which was produced by Jack Richardson and Jack Douglas also Nimbus 9 members as well but and I think that's where the perception begins there's a lot of things that the album has going against it as far as fan perception and this is where I get into the whole, yeah, it's neat to read, and I've talked about this a lot on this countdown, it's neat to read and know a lot of info about some of your favorite albums and bands of all time. But I think this is one of those cases where the the fans let their knowledge of the product kind of basically put a, a bias up front here with any kind of overall enjoyment they may have with this record. And that's not to say this album is better than a handful of the albums that preceded it. Because uh, even in my opinion, it's not. But it doesn't mean it's that bad either, because there's, there's got to be a second place and a third place and a fourth place, if you know what I mean. Uh, but yeah, I like most of the stuff on Muscle of Love. Honestly, the only song that I dinged this album for was Woman Machine. That's probably the thing that kept this album out of the top ten or even top five, maybe. Yeah, if you know the background on this, Glenn Buxton does not play any guitar on this album. He was far beyond repair at that point unfortunately and dick wagner's brought in mick mashper is brought in and they play the rest of the guitar in here along with michael bruce and bob ezrin does not produce and that goes to the two jacks jack richardson and jack douglas so 
just knowing all of that on the front end That'll hurt most any record, honestly. But like I said, I still think this album is really good. If Woman Machine had not been put on this record, and that's just the hill I'm dying on with this record, they had other songs in the can or songs they maybe could have used. I don't know. But yeah, it's just the only thing that keeps it from being a perfect album for me. But I love most of the things about this record. Man, I, I've played it on the show before, that vaudevillian killer song there, Crazy Little Child. I love that. I love Teenage Lament ever since the first day I bought Alice Cooper's Greatest Hits on tape. Same thing with the title track, of course. And yes, Man with the Golden Gun should have been the Bond theme, not Lulu's version. Working Up a Sweat is super fun. I love sexual innuendo when it's done right. So, man, just a cool fucking record. I'm going to play what I believe is my favorite, favorite overall song on this whole record. I, I think it's it belongs up there with any of the great Alice epics of all time. So here you go to represent the Muscle of Love album. This is Hard-Hearted Alice.
Man, I love that song so much. Yes, Hard Hearted Atlas for Muscle of Love by, of course, the great, legendary, really probably my favorite band of all time, the original Alice Cooper group. Hope you enjoyed that. Now we get to number 11. What could I possibly put for these next 11 entries after Alice Cooper, right? Well, I hope I've got your attention, and I hope that even this next entry will further pique your interest and what the top 10 has to offer, because number 11, right here, belongs to ZZ Top. And one of their most famous and best-selling albums of all time, Trace Hombres. Great, great, great record. Came out on July 26th of 1973. Produced, quote-unquote, by their manager, Bill Hamm. Just Everything I've read about ZZ Top over the years, and even if you just have ears, per se. I mean, yeah, Rio Grande Mud was great, but Trace Hombres definitely catapulted them to the next level and got them on the path to becoming the classic band that they are. Like I said, I'm sure it sold a ton of records. I'm sure it's gone at least platinum a couple of times. There are three songs on this album that is still being played on radio. As I'm speaking right now, it's playing somewhere in multiple cities and multiple continents and possibly even in space with the one-two punch right off the bat of waiting for the bus and jesus just left chicago and of course one of the most famous and best instrumentals of all time lagrange are all on this record uh, for my money this record also boasts my second favorite gatefold of all time i actually have a top three gatefolds of all time Alive 2 is number one, Trace Hombres is number two, and number three is Out of the Blue by ELO, in case you were curious. Just going to go ahead and throw that one out right there. I'm committing those are my top three. But yes, love Trace Hombres, of course I do. Also, I should go ahead and point out, since I am talking about ZZ Top once again in the confines of a Rock Strikes 10 countdown, that there are still massive plans that we will definitely, I promise, at some point, I never said when, I just said we would definitely will be doing a ZZ Top big catalog special, myself and Nola. We are going to make that happen for you, I promise. And of course, I'm sure Trace Ombrace would do very well on that. So, without playing those three songs in particular, and of course, you can't play one of those without the other as far as the opener. And I'm not going to play LaGrange, even though I love LaGrange. And there's some great album tracks in here. I'm a big fan of Hot Blue and Righteous as well, but... We're closing off the show here, so let's close off with an up-tempo number. So I would say probably the fourth most popular song on this record is going to be this one right here, a song that was covered by big fans of the band Motorhead. They did a version of this song really early on in their career. So let's finish off with this one right here, a true rocker. This is Beer Drinkers and Hell Razors.
closing off the show here tonight and coming in at number 11 on our top 80 albums countdown in the year 1973. That was the little old band from Texas, ZZ Top right there with Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers from Trace Hombres. Down here, we consider Trace Hombres to be the thing that you actually see pictured in the gatefold, which is a three-inch allotted dinner, by the way. In case you didn't know that, it means that as well. So yes, hope you enjoyed this episode. What a bunch of songs and a bunch of albums right there. Some of the best albums of all time. And yet, we still have 10 more to go. So I hope you are massively intrigued to join me for this top 10 we got coming up here. But you have to wait just a little bit longer. Until then, stay tuned for my better half, Nola, with the plugs followed by the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, we give our cats Ruby and Ripley a treat. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10 and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have Rock Strikes 10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going all the way back to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out some of these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. And the I Am Vinyl podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. We also highly recommend that you check out our good friend Mark Striegel, who can now be heard exclusively on Sirius XM as part of Ozzy's Boneyard and Hair Nation. Last, but certainly not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent ya. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun.
post-game show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it.